Three, two, and one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Open Door Podcast. I'm your boy, your friend, your host. I ain't got nothing to do to explain, so it's, it's Faison Myers, <laughs> and I'm here with my fellow uh, brothers and co-hosts. No intro, because I am the intro. The best intro. Miles. And who else do we have, Kevo? Come on. We got your boy, Kevo. The one your girl can't let go. All righty. Dang. I knew he was going to come hey, hard, but he hey, was going to come hey, that hard. Hey. Hey. Okay. I, I hear you. <laughs> well, we got a, a very interesting topic for y'all today. But as always, before we even get into it, we're going to have us a warm-up question, which... I got it. I got Ke- it. Kevo got it. What you got, Kevo? You go against 10 puppies, but they got rabies, or a grizzly bear. Grizzly bear. Grizzly bear. By one puppy. Yeah, one puppy. One puppies? But if you just All said, of them have rabies. right? You're done. Yeah, you don't understand. Bro, it, it doesn't care. If it's you a pick up a bat and just whack all of them. Where are you getting a bat from? Right, Kevin. Yeah, that's not ten puppies running in this room right now. Where's the bat, bro? It's so... I'm gonna use that lamp. <sighs> but Kevin, 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 you gotta understand that all ten puppies won't be in the same location to use that lamp to get to all of them. You might get eight, but there's still two left. It only takes one bite. But a, but a grizzly bear, bro? One bite. Grizzly bear? You're we, fighting one grizzly bear. Right. At least I can see the grizzly bear. Ten puppies, one grizzly And one, the boy scout in me knows how to what to do during the grizzly attack. What you going to do? Eagle scout. You have to. You already know your boy, Eagle scout. Uh, first thing you got to do is you have to uh, appear bigger than what the grizzly bear sees. I thought that's the black bear. No, and I'm pretty no, sure a bear is not going to care how big oh, you are. Excuse me, wilderness you. expert Miles Miller. <laughs> you explain to me what we should do. That I'll keep your phone right there. Keep your phone. <laughs> no, 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 keep your phone right. Uh, okay. okay. Before we look it up, my experience was I thought with grizzly bears you play dead because them motherfuckers don't care. Who we got at the door? Yo, yo. And it looks like we have a guest. Who do we have here? Oh, the star oh, we got football the star player. football player, the Black hey, Thunder. They should have had you a quarterback the whole time. The whole time. Come on, say something on the mic. Introduce yourself to the people. Who you are? Okay. I got, I got, I got. <laughs> Hi, I'm Nyla. I live next door. <laughs> <laughs> Man, now Nyla is one of the meanest powder puff football players your two eyes will ever see. She can out there and drop the shoulder. At running back, she can play linebacker covers like Ray Lewis. She was doing it all. She was over there, and she almost came back and won the game, too, at the end of the game. Yeah. game. So, you know. All right. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you good. You good. You good. Go ahead, Miles. What, what are you thinking? So, he said play dead. He said I'm play dead. I'm pretty sure not going to care if you're dead. All right. Let's look it up while y'all, y'all, y'all give y'all examples. What, what you going to do? I'm still fighting them 10 puppies. No, I, I'm a fun. At the end, so for a bear, I don't care if it's a black bear, grizzly bear, or a, a polar bear. The most value, most vulnerable part of their body is their necks, and so the t- you're gonna get to the neck of a ten foot grizzly bear. The same way that you oh, avoid ten rabies puppies, you gotta figure out a way. That bear claw you one time. It's clipped. A bear like ten feet tall. Now, now I am going to say we are at a disadvantage because bears are are very quick. Yeah. They are fast. And they climb trees. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That is OD. It's not OD. 
I don't think you played Dead Miles. I don't. I think right, it would still $5 eat you, again? huh? Five dollars again. I ain't betting no money on this podcast <laughs> with you. If for, for those who don't know, Phaser uh, lost the bet the other day and paid me five dollars. It was a bullshit bet. <laughs> it was a great bet. <laughs> Man, all right. Miles has cricket. Insert um <laughs> Jeopardy music. All right, what to do during a grizzly bear encounter? If you encounter a grizzly bear, do not run. Do not walks away slowly, but appear to have a bigger image than what the bear sees. If the bear charges, stand your ground. Aim for the neck. If you have pepper spray, prepare to use it. Mm-hmm. I feel like, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, no, no, I feel like, I feel like that park ranger from Yogi Bear made that because a bear is not going to care. Stay calm. Remember that most bears do not want to attack you. Betty did not read the Google description. <laughs> Your Google description is different by my Google. What did you search up? I said, what to do in a grizzly bear attack. The first thing that comes up is brown slash grizzly bear attack. If you are attacked by a brown slash grizzly bear, lie on your back and play dead. I, feel like I don't. Okay. Like, yeah, I think that is false. Who wants to lay on it? If there's a grizzly bear, why are you going to lay on your back and can't defend because yourself? Get bored with you. Huh? Yeah, I yeah, bro. Okay, okay. Bored. So it's gonna be me and Miles All with right. a grizzly bear in front of us. Miles, I'm like, oh shit, eat a position, and it's gonna be me over there giving that bear a two piece. I'm fighting them ten puppies. That bear go, that bear gonna look at you and put his five hundred pound weight on your back. On the ground, dead. Protect your head and stomach. Wait twenty minutes, and the bear will leave you alone. Wait twenty minutes. This is a joke. This is a joke. Bro, this is a joke, bro. That is. We have another guest. Yes, she like she came in here all creeping and quiet, but you can't avoid. Hello to everybody out there in the podcast platform universe. Oh God! You say your name. Oh, you already know it's your girl, motherfucking LB, aka Lena V, aka Lena Van, aka Hey Nephew. Okay, and now shout out your podcast too while you at it. Oh, yeah, check me out on my podcast where I talk about healing through the lens of a misunderstood black girl. It's called the Medusa Side Podcast. It's really cute. You heard it here first. We'll drop it in the uh, description uh, at the end of today's episode. I don't care what nobody's saying. I'm not fighting a grizzly bear. And they're playing dead? Lena, question for you. Yes. Grizzly bear, one or two options. Laying there and playing dead or doing something. What tools do I have to do something? In this room right now, and everything that's in this room is present with the grizzly bear. Mm-hmm. I'm throwing Kevo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, why are you that's throwing exactly Kevo? That's exactly why the grizzly bear is going to claw you to death. Going to claw you to death? What do you mean? It's definitely going to go for him. He's, he has more meat. Right? <laughs> Looks a little more tender. <laughs> and he should be, you'll be a great distraction while I get away. The balcony's right there. We only on the second floor. But I mean, if we're in this room, then like I'll just go stand outside. Just, like shut the door. <laughs> yeah, the bear's not opening the door. But you gotta understand. I feel like bears are mad. They clown too. I feel like you're supposed to. Yeah, so does cats. 
So do a lot of animals. Llamas climb trees. But they're not ten feet tall. I've never seen a llama climb a tree. You say a go. llama? Yes, a <laughs> llama. Let me look that joint up. Yo, a lot of funny. googling today. Yeah. Where do these questions come from? I don't. <laughs> I'm just thinking like <laughs> this is a very interesting. I think the woman question like that turned into the topic. Everybody on your Instagram answer this question after the episode is released. What would they do? Would they lie yeah. on the ground for 20 minutes per Google? Per Google. Or I don't, yeah, per I don't. I don't think who 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 are you gonna trust in the wilderness? A guy that relies on Google and does not like to go out and camp, or someone who has had what fifty? Eagle Scout. Damn it, I'm an Eagle Scout. Has this Eagle Scout ever been in an encounter with a grizzly bear? No, but I got the people who wrote that review <laughs> on Google have. I got bitten by a snake before though. Ooh, let's get him a snake biting badge. <laughs> he probably has one. Fuck both of y'all. All right, that's the first thing. <laughs> <laughs> I ever see a llama climb a tree, Jesus take me now. Cause what? That man really just said laid on the ground for twenty, 20 minutes. minutes. He's like, he's like, hold on, bear. Let me start my timer. Okay. Have you seen a revelant or whatever the jump was? What uh, Leonardo DiCaprio? Mm-hmm. He yeah. fought the bear. That's what he did. Got his ass toe up. Okay, and you think he's just gonna lay on the ground? The bear was gonna do anything? Yeah, the bear would have got bored and left. But after he ate him, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> Nature grills or bear grills. The man is <laughs> the man's replying off of Hollywood and nature shows. Alright. All right. He ain't talking about no man versus right, wild. What's up? What's up? Let's go to North Carolina Jew Zoo. Both both jump in. Let's see who makes it out. Mom gonna be the with that squared up with the bear, like, come on, bro. We over there dodging and weaving. Yeah, we help the bear. That bitch going to eat it. That's what's gonna happen. <laughs> That's going to be a weird way to segue into our main topic of entitlement. <laughs> Miles, uh, go ahead and try to find a way to segue rabies dogs and, excuse me, rabies puppies and a grizzly bear into our topic of discussion. We'll see. When you look at it, mm-hmm. the 10 puppies are very entitled to think that they can bite you. Mm-hmm. You can ask to be bit, mm-hmm. but they think that they're righteous in biting you. Mm. That's very entitled. That is. And also speaking of the bear, Fetty's entitled thinking that his Eagle Scout surprised <laughs> <laughs> But also Miles <laughs> thinks that his his Google search has him entitled because he thinks he has all the information in I the got, world. In my hand I have millions of experts. But at the same time you have millions of dumbasses too, all on the same platform. Well obviously somebody had to have been alive to write that review. That nigga had to be on coke. <laughs> All I'm saying is, if we go to like information, if you read too much information, you're misinformed. Mm. If you read no information, you're ill-informed. So mm. who is actually right in this situation? Google. Well, I say y'all go try it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying it out. I say y'all go try it out. Cozy Sides and put it live. Yeah. A camera. Which cozy Bear Watch. I'm sure you did. They got ate by the alligator. Huh? What's that? He was like a famous, he used to wrestle alligators and stuff. I'm not trying to end up like. Uh, I don't, don't want to get eaten by alligators. And I'm not trying to die from a grizzly bear either. Well, mm. All right, entitlement. Let's talk about it. <laughs> so, entitlement. How, how do you all view entitlement? And what does the word entitlement entitle? I'm going to do what Miles did huh. and look up on Google the most reliable search engine. 
and also the most incorrect search engine. TikTok. Entitlement says the fact of having a right to something. Mm. So, I think, yeah, I think that definition kind of sums it up. Sums it up in the most vague way possible for any circumstance or instance. Looks like we have our third guest of the day. We on a roll. Yeah, this this door is open for real. Come on in. It's Jordan Wilder checking in. So we orange juice. Absolutely, I drink orange juice throughout the day. Okay, this is a. It's great. This is an interesting podcast. This is a very interesting (laughs) podcast. I'm not going. I'm not going. Cab this. This. We all over the place right now. I'm not I'm not gonna lie to you. But Jordan, we done had the conversation off mic about the grizzly bear and the puppies with you. Well, just the grizzly bear at this point, because it just seemed like that's the debate. Mm-hmm. Sure, um, sure. But we are now getting into the main topic as we've went through about six main topics already okay. uh, about entitlement. Mm. And so the first question that we asked one another is what is your definition of entitlement and like what do you how do you feel about it what what are what are your thoughts it's a good question um i think my own personal definition of entitlement is um you receiving something without doing any action like you are entitled to x y and z so you are entitled to an education from your parents food clothes, shelter, things that you receive without asking, receive on the on the the base merits of just you like you being you, you know? Like and now that gets a little skewed when people's perceptions of themselves is bigger than how other people perceive them. So you might feel like you're entitled to a lot, but the other people in the room disagree with you 100%. So, so like the most simplistic entitlement question I have is if I say thank you, are you entitled to say you're welcome back? Nope. No. Yeah, I said no. I, I feel like that's that's, that's, a, that's an argument within itself, itself though. I don't think you're entitled to say you're welcome. That but I mean, but that But that will is fall the, on the person. That is I, like to me, that's dependent on the context of the thank you. If I say thank you and it's kind of like you you damn right it's thank you <laughs> like i don't have to say you're so, welcome all right you know? so say i got you your orange juice at nighttime that you have in front of us mm-hmm. i give it to you and you say thank you mm-hmm. do i need to say you're welcome back no no and that's what i'm saying because it feels like you're only saying thank you to then hear you're welcome is it really a true thank you because yeah. now you want something back in return if I'm already That's owed right. what's been given, the thank you should be the end of it, you know, yeah. like end of a conversation. Because the you're welcome in my mind kind of paints a picture of it's like I didn't have to do that, you know. Like, come on, Lena. Oh, I don't even know what we're talking about right now. All right, all right. <laughs> Are you saying we suck at podcasting? No. Oh. <laughs> Oh, all right, back all right. to entitlement. 
Yeah. Well, damn. Um, Miles, so let's look at it in a more deeper picture because the door has been opening up like crazy. Who do we have today? This, this might be the most crazy. I put money on it. The ganger. Ladies and gentlemen. Six foot five reaper. Um, I'm on the way. <laughs> okay, Chaz, Jordan, come come scoot down. This is this has been the most wild episode yet. I'm really not moving. Okay. Okay. All right. Um. This. All right, Chaz. We are talking about entitlement. We're talking about what do you think about it? What is your definition of it? And then how do you feel about it in general? Um. We just started the topic at least, so you came at the right time, mm-hmm. but what we have come up as a conclusive agreement is that you're not entitled to anything basically even though some people think that they deserve it and so if you have a rebuttal to that or you have an agreement to that statement or you have anything else you want to add please the floor is yours to say something about it um what i say on entitlement um it has to do with relationships. A lot of people are entitled within their relationships. So if it's, you know, my mom, I feel like she's entitled to provide for me. Or my dad, she's entitled to provide for me. Even though those things aren't always what happens, I feel like it has to do on the way people look in certain relationships. Like if you bring a kid into this world, even though you kind of don't owe him anything, you're got to take care of them and that's kind of how I feel on entitlement the way people look at it are you confusing entitlement with obligation Um, because your parents are obligated to do something but they're not entitled to do something so then let's 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 uh, dissect both of those words and what's the difference between entitlement and obligation I think obligation is a duty or responsibility and entitlement has more of like a negative connotation where it's like your perceive your perception of reality is that you have to have these things while the reality or the more like objective would be the obligation to do those things or to have those things okay seconded so in the same light obligation is the more <clears throat> positive tone of what's going on where entitlement seems as if you're like it's more like a demand yeah wait 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 wait. i would i would kind of like to jump in here real quick because it says entitlements are rights that are perceived by individuals where obligations are counterparts of entitlements so Chaz was technically right because he is the individual who should be receiving the benefits of his parents who have an obligation to feed their child so he is entitled to that but he said the parents were entitled. And the entitlements, okay. well, like I, I like said, you. are also subjective. They're subjectively perceived rights that go along with the motivational disposition to defend them. And obligations are the counterparts of entitlements. So by that same logic, obligations are objective. They're neutral. It's not a positive. Yeah, I, that's what. Yeah, that's what I was. I was seeing that. So, if if the one subjective and one's objective. You gotta answer with and a question, so, right? Huh? I was saying on Jeopardy, you gotta answer with a question, not a statement. But uh, no, you don't want to get in. Our, 
Needless to say, <laughs> one's subjective and one's objective, and so one doesn't really involve the emotion side to it. I think the the subjective kind of leads to emotions getting tied to it, and so that's where that entitlement kind of comes into where you can argue something is entitled and something's not entitled, but something that is objective is kind of plain, cut, and dry. Everyone unanimously agrees on that. So, uh. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think. So, okay. Well, let me ask a question to the group then. How do you all feel that entitlement plays in relationships now? Like, yeah, so when it comes to does your partner have to text you back? Does your partner have to do things? Like, is that a form of entitlement? I think entitlement comes with the miscommunication and the misunderstanding of something that is not said in the room. Expectations. Yeah. But, I mean, you should really do things in relationships without expecting something in return. Whether that's a platonic relationship or a romantic relationship, you know, you always set yourself up for disappointment if you do things with the expectation that there that's also going to be returned. So anything you do should be knowing and accepting the fact that you may not get the same type of energy or the same type of input that you put into a situation. So then why get in said relationship? Because if it's platonic or it is intimate, you kind of have an idea of what to expect. Well, I mean, this reason why you get in relationships because the same way that you feel, you want somebody else to feel that way about you as well. So, and so that's an expectation. Yeah, but I mean, you should you can communicate expectations, but still move without you know being disappointed as to whether or not those expectations are met. So don't expect don't expect that someone is going to treat you a certain way yes even though you want that to happen but you don't want to put that faith that somebody else is going to do it for you i mean you can communicate this is what i want but if it doesn't happen that is you don't have any control over that Uh so it's like i can expect a man to open the door for me you know i can communicate that and when it doesn't happen it just doesn't happen so now back to Entitlement and obligation. Someone opening the door for you. Are you entitled to that or are you obligated for that? As a beautiful black queen, I am entitled to never touching a door ever again in my entire life. Well, Paula Myers taught me the same thing to do that for a woman, so I have to second that. But, um, Thanks, Mom. yeah, shout out to Mom. That's more of a southern thing, though. That's why we said entitlement I, I is know. subjective. Yeah. I think I think that Lena's point on communication being a big part when it comes to expectations is you can communicate your expectations, but your entitlements are should be merit based. And I feel like in a relationship, there's an equal level like there's an equal level playing field where there are some unspoken expectations. I expect you to be loyal. I expect you to, you know, tell me the truth. I expect you, you know, I'm entitled to those things if I provide those things like if we're not operating on a level playing field, then the expectations go out the window. The entitlements go out the window. So I feel like if you all are on a level playing field, if you all are on the same page, then communication is more important when it comes to expectations. But the entitlements is something that can be unspoken like you are entitled to um being able to have your voice heard if we're in a relationship that's not something that you have to really communicate like 
yeah, I, I, I need my voice heard. I need things that bother me to be fixed. I need things that I don't like to not come up again. Like I need those things like those. I feel like I'm entitled to if I provide that same service in return. That's my two cents on it. So then the question that I want to ask to the group, do we need to eliminate this mindset of entitlement in, in all? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Don't nobody owe you anything. Nobody owes you anything. You owe uh, nobody nothing. Elaborate on that, though. Why don't we owe nobody anything? Because you don't. Like. I mean, of course, I, I agree with you, but I want the reason why I say is elaborate, explain your ideology behind that. Oh, people not going to like me, though. This like, your platform. Come on. Basically. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love my parents, but you don't owe anything to your parents. Like, yeah. it was their choice to have you. You didn't ask them to have you. Therefore, you owe nothing to your parents. What children do out of love and out of admiration for their parents is want the best for their parents and mm-hmm. to give that love and respect in return. But for them to say, oh, when you get older, you owe me a house. No, I don't. You're not entitled for that. I'm not. So what are parents entitled to? Do you think, mm-hmm. like, if it's a given exchange kind of mindset, like, okay, they gave you life, so as a child, like, you should just, like, respect them, but they should also give you back respect. Like, is it, like, a give and take kind of thing, or it's just, like, straight out the gate, I don't owe you not a single thing. I don't got to do anything you say, anything you want me to do, none of that. Well, I think <laughs> as a child – as you grow up and go through life, the one thing you should do for your parents is let them know whatever you taught them for the first 18 years of their life, you should trust that they're going to do what you've given them to do. And so that is your, the reaping of the benefits that you've sown to somebody else. If I planted a seed in you to say, hey, I want you to be this type of person, when the moment comes to the point where the mother bird pushes that little bird off the edge and that bird has to fly, that's what you do. You trust that that's going to happen. But after that moment, that bird starts to flap his wings, they're now on their own doing what they have to do. They're not obligated to say, hey, I'm going to go tell everybody in the world now that my mom pushed me off of the nest and I had to fly and it's now because of her and X, Y, and Z. You now have to make your mark in life by doing what you have to do, which like we talked about in our legacy podcast. Your, le- your legacy now starts when you leave the legacy that someone built for you. And so there's nothing entitled in anything that I just said. The only thing that you do, the only thing that I feel like you're obligated to do is now make your own way and make your own path in life. But you don't need to say, hey, it's because of you or, hey, because you did X, Y, and Z. Just show it through your actions. I don't think the words need to make it said and make it plain for somebody to see that. I think that's an interesting dynamic. Um, I've always thought of the parent and child dynamic as something that changes drastically over time. When you're born, they're your manager. You know, they're making sure you get to from point A to point B. They're making sure everything is provided for you. They are your end all be all. And then when you get older, they're more so your agent. You go to them when you need help. You go to them when you need advice. When you need some sort of direction, so to speak, but that necessary bond is not obligated. You know, like I can be 18 and go off and do whatever the hell I want to do and not pick up the phone and call you. It's kind of cold, but at the same time, if we're talking about like base level, what am I obligated to do for my parents or to my parents? 
I don't think that's as long of a list as what they're obligated to do for you throughout your life. But I think, though, too, the parent. That's entitlement. What do you mean? I mean, if they're, you said they have to, I guess, do stuff for you. That's an obligation. That's their obligation that is created when I'm born. Yeah, because they they have now signed up. They have now signed up. Two people had sex and now I'm here. Right. So exactly, exactly. Age limit, exactly. Age limit for for that obligation. Yeah, yeah eighteen. What, By what the, the law, what the U.S. Yeah. government but, says for us. Yeah, yeah. Where does but it say technically have, they have to take? It does say that. It does say that. If you're still in school too, like let's say your parents are divorced, then like let's if hypothetically your mother pays child support. I was about to say, think about child support until you're 18. You're, no, they have to pay that until you're done with college, until you're done with school. I didn't know that. I thought it was I'm 18. I'm never getting on child support. But I, I think the the national understanding that you know, like you're 18. Yes, yes. That you know, when you're 18, you can vote. You can go serve in the army. You can go. You know, you, and you can't, buy can't and you can't. But yet you can anymore, own but. a gun and die for your army. America, people. So <laughs> no, 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 no. But <laughs> get on that. I'm just saying that, like, until I can provide for myself, you are obligated to do it for me. Now that doesn't mean that they, you know, are well. They are kind of legally bound because if you're proven to not be providing for your child as you should be, you can go to jail. And you, you know, there are some definite consequences to that kind of neglect, so to speak. But at the same time, as a child, at 16. I mean, yeah, yeah, you can. But can I go buy a house? Can I go put a roof over my head? Can I make enough? If you're emancipated, yeah. But at that point, I'm saying I, I like you no longer have an obligation to yeah. take care of me because I'm emancipating myself. I think there's certain instances though where everything that we say basically is 180 we've seen instances where people who are much younger than 18 who hold for themselves 14 15 year olds have to find food on the table at the end of the day or find shelter for them and a roof over their head and so the person that is basically obligated to do to take care for them isn't present but now that they understand that that obligation has not been fulfilled they put the obligation on themselves. And so at the end of the day, yes, as a parent, you have that obligation, but two, as the child, you can't sit there and expect that always the obligation will be fulfilled. I mean, I don't think the lack of a person doing what is obligated of them means that the obligation is no longer like required. Well, someone has to feel the obligation no matter I mean, yeah, who it is. Yeah, going to have to feel it no matter yeah. who it is. But I think the question is, is like you still, like we said, like if you neglect your child, then you're going to be held ac- accountable for not meeting that obligation. Everyone plays a, po- a, a role in a party. Yeah, everyone plays a role. Everyone plays a role in a certain party, right? Everyone has their job. Even if the obligator and the obligated both have tasks that they have to fulfill. And so I think even when someone in the obligator side doesn't do what is done, the obligator has to now put on their big boy pants and be the obligator to themselves. Because 
I don't know about y'all. I feel like I owe my parents everything. Single parent, five boys, one household. My mama gave me everything. Oh, <laughs> I owe my mama everything. I don't know about y'all. I feel like I'm definitely going to provide for my but, mama. But that is a... Just because I don't owe them anything doesn't mean I'm not going to do anything. Yeah, and that's what I was yeah. Yeah. Because like, just because you don't owe them doesn't mean that the love that you built up for them, you're not going to you know, give back. Because my parents technically don't they, have to send me to college, but they did. Yeah. If they provide for you for 18 years, you don't think you owe them anything. But Chad, you have to understand. You have to understand, like, though, no. they made a decision prior to you being born that you were born. And so now they have to now do what they signed Chad, up to do. They could have gave you a for adoption. I have a scenario for you. I kidnap you right now for 18 years, feed you, provide you everything that you need. Do you owe me anything? He knows nobody else but you. But he just kidnapped <laughs> him, though. I kidnapped you. What? Right. What, what are we saying? You. Yeah. Are you saying as a oh, baby? Oh, right now. That's what I'm saying. You I, are his dad. He said, "Thanks, kidnapped dad." Like, you? Like, <laughs> you're the only person right. he knows. Yeah. We asked yeah. the wrong question to the wrong person, bro. <laughs> nah, for real. I only know. Because in life, you only know what you're taught. So. I think, like, with my perspective on it, like, the only reason I'm, I'm saying I don't owe, because I do agree with Chaz and Kevo in that, you know, like, these people gave up their dreams so I could go and chase mine, you know? Like, mm -hmm. you, your parents are supposed to, well, I've been blessed to have parents that would sacrifice a lot for the betterment of my life and my younger siblings. So it's like, if you don't have a heart, sure, you don't owe them shit. But at the same time, it's like the, the only reason I truly believe that I, you know, don't owe my parents anything is because that's what they've told me. I They don't owe like I don't have to go repay them for all the private education that, that they paid for. I don't have to put them in a home once I'm able to. I don't have to like they've told me that out of their own mouth. Huh? No. What I'm saying is like I, I don't have to go get my mom a house in the Hamptons that she's always talking about, you know, like, no, not like an old person home. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is like, I don't have to provide for them. Like, I don't have to, because that's what they've told me, like from their own mouth is that your job is to live your life and use, like make good on our investment. That's what you owe us. Don't waste the investment that we put into you because that's a, that's a, like, a backhanded you know like right. you've you put all this into me and your nothing's come of the it actions that you show us yeah, you know that's what i guess i want y'all to see is jordan's point is that oh is like you have to do this now like i gave you 18 years of my life now you have to pay it back no oh no like, no 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 they never came across with years, that i'm willingly yeah going to provide this for you so yeah you yeah. Anybody yeah 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 doing course. something by force and doing something by one is two different things yeah. we're not forced to do anything but we can do whatever Street we want because we want and to die. do so. That's the only thing. That's the number one thing in an entrepreneurial mindset is for recognizing and realizing that you always have a choice. Like, like you always have a choice, even when you feel like you don't. Always like, have a choice. Like, um, point, I think the reason why you may feel like that is, you know, also coming from a single parent home when it feels like your parents' entire life revolves around you and then it's like suddenly I'm a suddenly I'm an adult or whatever and now it's like okay my life doesn't revolve around my mom anymore and so now you kind of feel guilty that it doesn't like because I know that's something that I experienced where I'm like girl I'm taking care of myself now like you can do whatever you want and she literally has no idea what she wants to do because the last 
20 something you know years has been spent you know raising me mm-hmm. but that should be a transitional period though i think but you have to think like especially if you have young parents too yeah i mean that majority of her the same amount of time that she has put in raising me was more time than like she had spent on earth before i was born me and you understand we both have had our parents especially our mothers had us when we were at younger ages so i understand with me and my mom the same way that she raised me she was still trying to learn who she was as a person and so that's a difficult task as a single parent let alone as you had a child as a teenager so that's a very intricate scenario that everyone doesn't have but to understand though too like what jordan was saying people do something not basically wanting the same thing tenfold they want they do things because they want you to be better than what they were so like my mom at least one thing that she's always told me she she wants me to be better than my mother better than her and my father and by doing so that is through the actions that i place myself in and living the life that i want to have can you imagine being 30 years old and having a kid that's a senior in high school no i can't i think I think age plays a big part in it and it can but speaking to your point of imagine that void that is left we spend like I've spent 22 years living my life providing for not providing for for myself but I'm saying like I've lived 22 years looking out for me and me only imagine spending 22 years of your life looking out for somebody else looking out looking out for yourself and then too. yeah as well as taking care of a family or any other kind of responsibilities that you may have and then that void or that void is created because they leave it's totally different being the child when it's like yes you're in your parents life obviously because they're your parents but you are on this upward trajectory and they're not necessarily like they're on i don't want to say the downward side of their life but their main goal and main responsibility is to take care of you and then once that's up there can be a very big like vacuum that's left where it's like okay so what do i do now when it's on our side we just go live life yeah you know it's it but exactly so it's like you're used to doing something for so long now that it's gone now what do you do my, my mom calls me Four, five, six, seven times a week, and we had the same conversation. You know, my mom joined a women's pool league. Nice. My mom still calls me all the time. So, <laughs> like, like, I can tell she missed me. Mom I can tell you know hours a day delivering babies. She's a busy woman. And there's a whole other kid but in the house. Cycle back to our main point. I got a question. What do y'all say to someone when they say sorry for your loss? What What do y'all say? How do y'all respond to that question? I've like, never, I never knew how to answer that question. Like, I'm not saying thanks. Like, I, never I have been. Thanks. I don't know. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I've I mean, been blessed to not have to be able to answer that prediction. Yeah. Yet. yet. Knock on wood. I've, I've, yeah, knock on wood. I've, I've had death and you know closer to me, especially recently. But for them to say sorry for your loss or something of that nature, like for me, if the son has, I'm gonna say my condolences <laughs> to you, prayers to your family. I do not expect a response back. Because I know that is the time for grieving. And so you would want, you don't, no one owes you, but you will want someone to give you words 
of comfort. But words of comfort does not need to have a response back. Yeah. I was about to say, because uh, when I lost my grandfather, people were saying, sorry for your loss. And I think it's more or less the fact that it's like, these people care about you. They want you to know that they have acknowledged your situation and mm -hmm. they feel sorry that you have lost a part of you. And with that being said, it's like, I don't think they're really even expecting anything back. Now, yeah. the person's like, yo, you know, I text you. All right, they're just looking for some attention. And that's not a genuine response. Yeah. But the people were like, I'm sorry for your loss. Like, I'm here for you. They're sorry for you. And they're like, yo, if you ever need anything, let me know. I've 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 never really said I'm sorry for your loss because I'm not sorry. But at the same time, I don't mean it and like I don't care. Yeah, yeah. But it's like I'm sorry for me is like I'm sorry, which means like I'm at fault. Like the responsibility yeah. is on me. It's one thing if I kill somebody and it's like, all right, well, I'm sorry for your loss. You know, like I made that loss happen. But I think. He ain't kill nobody. Yeah, no, 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 no. But at the same time, like, like sending my condolences is a much more appropriate yeah. response, and I I receive that a lot better than sorry for your loss. When I hear sorry for your loss, it seems almost as empty as I know what you're going through, because yeah. it's like you don't, and you're not sorry. I like jump in there though, because I feel like I'm sorry for your loss. I, I see your point. Yeah. But it's like, I'm sorry for your loss. I'm sorry that you lost a part of you. Yeah. Your family is a part of you. So it's like, I'm sorry for that aspect. Like, I know what you're going through. Yeah, yeah. And mm -hmm. I see, I, no, no, mm -hmm. I see, I see mm -hmm. the resemblance to that, but I feel like it's different. If it's truly genuine, yeah. it's a person saying, I'm sorry that you lost that part of you. Yeah. Like, I'm not but, trying to minimize the lost part. I'm trying to change, like, I'm trying to put the focus on the sorry part mm -hmm. because sorry has a very definite. Yeah, yeah. Definition like, yeah. to and me. And I see what you mean. Though, and that's like, not, you know, like you, you're yeah, not you're sorry. Not sorry. Like you, you, yeah, you aren't sorry. Now, are you sad? You know, can you empathize with me? Okay, sure. So I'm sad for your loss. I, I can take that. I've heard, you know? I've heard like sorry, preachers right. say, <laughs> like yeah. nigga walk up to you, I'm sad for your loss. I'm sad and by your loss. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm, that. You're sad by my loss. Yeah. No, no, no. We have Atlanta and, and Kevo trying to correct this on grammar. Yeah. Now, no, it's not even a okay, grammar why part. Why it's, no, it's grammar. My mama is country grammar. It's grammar. Yeah. 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 But, but it's not. It's but like, when you said, I'm saddened by your loss, that redirects the attention of your grief grief back to that person. Yeah, you know? you're sad. Yeah. 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 I'm like, like, why are you not, sad? It's like, not about you, you know, yeah. quite simply. But I think with any major transition in life, uh, people have to acknowledge and accept the fact that nobody is obligated to responding to them, whether that's, you know, graduating, uh, death in the family, a wedding, any happy or sad, really big things that happen in life. Nobody is obligated to respond because, like, when am I supposed to have the time to? When am I supposed to have the capacity to? If you're mm -hmm. truly, you know, sorry about my loss, there should be no expectation that I respond because the focus should be more so about ensuring that I'm grieving. No, I, I see what you mean with that. And I think it plays, it's like many factors to that. One, it's actually the words that are said, right? You can say something different than I'm sorry for your loss. I've, I've heard pastors try to get all different Fancy. with it, and they say, I'm glad you got to experience their life happen in response to saying, I'm sorry for your loss, right? And so that's one way of doing so.
But two, I see what Lena's point is that if the emotion and the intentions intentions of what you are saying is so pure that you don't need them to say something back for it to solidify that it was pure. Mm-hmm. It should be pure because it came out of your mouth with the genuine emotion of what it should have been when you pressed sense or when you said something to them in their face, right? And I know this would be like a completely different topic, but if it's somebody that you actually know and you understand that person, I think that's where love languages really come into into play here. Because if I'm truly going, because you know, like there's love languages and there's, there's apology languages as well. Like, what's the best way to apologize to somebody? But let's just stay on topic in the love language sense. Yeah, this is the third and time we done like, heard a different language, like different type of love language yeah. in our podcast. Yeah, we done heard <laughs> you know, that some, last one. Some people, like, in their grief, like, being able to show, oh, I love and I, I care about you, I support you, I'm supporting you through this time. Like, let's say for me, for example, mine is giving and receiving gifts and acts of service. So it's like, if you were to come over and... I don't know, wash the dishes for me because I don't feel like getting out of bed. Mm-hmm. Or bring me food or something. Like, you don't even have to say sorry for your loss because you're that showing action me shows it. that you're sorry for my loss. But I mean, let's say Miles is words of affirmation. You get him a card, like something heartfelt. It doesn't even have to say sorry for your loss in it, but just saying, like, I'm thinking about you. Like, is your love you know, language word of affirmation? Your is real. How you feel is real. Like, <laughs> That's real, though. That that is That is very important because that shows you... <laughs> If you know that person, you know how they that affection <laughs> of showing condolence means to them. And so everyone isn't, I want to hear, I'm sorry for your loss. God damn. And so <laughs> uh that's a good point. And yeah, this, listen, this this podcast might be one for the books because Yeah. That depends on the relationship, cause I see some sad shit on the timeline of a person I don't know, but I follow them lost her mom yeah i mean yeah no but if we've if it's that kind of follower where it's like they they wish you happy birthday and you wish them happy birthday you know like i might say something but at the same time where it's like i get it where i'm sorry for your loss might be just enough as you know just saying but if i if i know you and if i know how to make you feel better those words are meaningless compared to the action of like understanding me and and knowing what i need on social media like you will accept a sorry for your loss from them like i wouldn't put to it's not that i'm it's not that i wouldn't accept it or deny it i wouldn't care is is, i wouldn't care you know yeah like yeah it's like a friend of a friend that you know they had a loved one die like are you swiping up and saying sorry for your loss yeah, I'm not saying it. Yeah, I, like when somebody randomly tells you happy birthday, do y'all respond to that? Yes. Well, that's why I'm gonna bring up. that definitely crossed my mind. Uh, so do y'all say thank you to everybody that wished you yeah, happy I'm birthday? Because I definitely that. don't. I'm like the one on the post. Yeah, hey, I say, I I'm sorry that I didn't get to go to all of y'all, but somebody comments underneath your pictures. Let's say like there's a whole bunch of comments. Like, are you responding? Are you liking the comments? Hell no. Yeah, I, I like, I I like the, the comments, comments, but I'm not like responding to everything. I'm not going to cap. Sometimes I don't. That sounds like entitlement. Am I entitled to like your comment even if you didn't reply to them? Are you obligated to? No. No, you're not obligated. So are I think, they entitled to you getting, an, are they entitled to receiving a like from you? No. I don't think at the end of the day, my point is you owe nobody nothing. Okay. I'm gonna stand upon that statement alone, and then you can go off of that. But you owe, or you're not, you're entitled to um, nothing for nobody. And so from that point on, 
everything else is all voluntarily what I want to do. And that want is, that's just a want. It's not needed. I don't need to like your comment. I don't need to comment back on a post. Okay. Nobody that okay. commented happy birthday under my post or told me happy birthday in my DM or they texted me, nobody was obligated to do that. Right. Therefore, they're not entitled to a response from me, in my opinion. If, if, if there's no obligation to do something, there's no entitlement needed or that, you know. Okay, th- so very much agree I'm going to ask this statement. question around the room. So if y'all come out and tell somebody happy birthday and they open, leave you on scene, don't respond, are you going to feel some type of way? No. Nah, me like that, bro. No. <laughs> don't hit, I'm putting them out there. What? On his birthday, I posted me and Miles picture for his birthday he did not repost my stuff on his story <laughs> yeah. oh yes. has been holding yeah. on to that bro, I ain't gonna I lie that tag and not repost yeah. definitely be bro. Scorpio man thing to say oh. no 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 Miles' birthday was last month like no, nah, I don't. It's been a whole month. I don't, I don't, I'm entitled for Miles to repost Miles. He watched it and didn't. Re- it said Sweet. it sounds like Kevin has got yeah. his emotions tied up into the actual post itself, and he now. Yeah, right. I'm gonna let you have the day. I remember. But a month time. on your birthday, I'm gonna bring it up. Yep. What you did. Kevin has been holding that for 30 days. Like, literally. It don't matter. He did, he's been holding on to that one. All right, all right. But if it was truly out of a, a good place in your heart, did it really matter if I reposted? Yes. Because you reposted everybody else. You reposted everybody else. we just say that the, in relationships, you should do things out of the kindness of your heart without the expectation that it's going to be returned? Right. I don't care about none of that. Yeah, Everything said, that Kevin disagreed just went out the door. Literally. Okay. Like, okay. That's what just so, happened. So let's say this. Right now. Let's say this. If you do something for your significant other and they don't tell you thank you or, or anything like that. It's still the same thing. If you do it with the, gen- the genuine passion for it. Why are you they- doing it to hear thank you? Right. They're going to want to hear thank you. So, Chaz, you do. So something. you wouldn't feel you wouldn't feel some type of way if you did something for your significant other and they didn't tell you thank you. They didn't so you tell you nothing for your shawty birthday, and she just took the gift and didn't say nothing to you. Just just took the gift and didn't say nothing to you. You gonna trip? Y'all not gonna feel some type of way? Yep. Yep. Chaz, right, I, I think, but you gotta understand right, there. Y'all Chaz, all inside. Nah, they be Chaz. Chaz. Nah, they be society. Chaz. They be Chaz. society has. It's one thing. Look, right. it's one thing if they've always said thank you, and then one day I do something and they're like, and they don't just, and they just don't say shit. Right, and then you got but, a society has placed you know, like yeah. a regional occasion manners because something that you know the North PG doesn't have manners, and so the South. Uh, <laughs> I got manners. I'm just selective with them. I got manners. I'm just selective with them. Miles didn't have any manners when I met him. You wanted to slam the door in my face. Yeah, fooey. Yeah, it is. You know, like, it's one thing if they've always said thank you. It's one thing if it disrupts the norm that we've established. You know, like... If your That's love like language, Jordan. what are you gonna be mad or not? I'm mad. No, am I gonna feel some type of way? Am I gonna notice that they didn't say thank you? Yeah. Am I gonna bring it up? Like, you know. But am I gonna like actually hold it against I them? Feel like no. Everybody in 
but they want to hear that response of you're appreciative of what I did. So yeah. oh, you're appreciative of what I did. Are you saying there's no other ways to be appreciative of something that someone does for you other than to say thank you? I mean, I think that's fundamentally like an issue within your relationship. If you're doing things to be appreciated and hear that you're appreciated, and this person isn't appreciating you, like that's a deeper problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like problem. that goes way past. Whether or not I say thank you, yeah, Miles. Like, I'm posting you right now. If if you go out to work, right, and you come home and your girl has cleaned your entire apartment, I mean, clean, vacuumed, cleaned it, did your laundry, vacuumed, cleaned the bathroom, got yeah, that nasty twice. stain on, <laughs> got that, got that stain off the back of your toilet, and. And you don't say thank you, but you cook her a nice ass meal. I mean, like you, you notice. No, 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 no. But, but what I'm saying is, okay, so you're returning it in an act of service. Okay, but what I'm saying is, is that not showing appreciation? Like I'm saying thank you. I didn't say thank you because what she did. Let's say I left at two o'clock. On the thank you word, we just saying in general, like they just don't acknowledge this. They just don't acknowledge it. Like it's more like. But you give them a gift and actually don't appreciate what you did. Like yeah. you might think that it was something that they liked, but, but yeah, it like, yeah. That might be they something should. that they feel entitled to. You know, like you know, as a for me as a man, like I mean as a man, but like as a man, I would be like, what you talking about, Willis? If you took out, like <laughs> if you took out the trash or something, like that's just how I was raised. I was raised that a man takes out the trash, he takes care of the car, he mows the lawn, all that other stuff. Like yes. I'm going to be appreciative of you doing those things because I don't have to do them. But, like, am I necessarily always going to say thank you for doing it? No, because my expectation is that you do that. Yeah, I'm I'm more talking about if they were doing a, a act of service for you. Rather, like, taking out the trash, that's a man thing. Mowing the line, that's something I'm doing as a man. Like, you know what I'm saying? But that's what I'm trying to say is, like, we agree on those things. But if somebody else, like, let's say Kevo doesn't agree that it is a heterosexual cisgendered man responsibility you know gender norm to take out the trash which I and do. so when he does it he's like bitch well, say thank you, you. <laughs> oh <laughs> that was a lie <laughs> that was a lie <laughs> yeah I, I listen here this this is what i'm we going might have to bring him back for another episode yeah this this might i love our conversations because you can go on all day about them but we don't got all day all right, and so I'm gonna wrap it up for y'all before we we get to get to Joe Rogan style three hour episodes. All right, oh, uh, expect you're you're not obligated to do anything, and you're not entitled to do anything as well. But we have talked about if the relationship or the emotion is there, then. You do things out of the genuineness of your heart. And so it's genuine on both sides from the initial thought to the response of it, too. And that doesn't mean you're entitled. That doesn't mean you're obligated. But you also do it for what you want to do. And so that's just the conversation started for us. You see how deep in thought that we've gotten into it. So we want to continue this conversation with y'all. We want you to keep this conversation going make sure you speak with your friends about it share it to your mama share it to your daddy talk about 
hey, are you entitled or obligated for me to do anything for you? Start the conversation, all right? It's not supposed to be a, a, a argument. It's just supposed to be a conversation between one another. And so that's what this podcast is for. Every episode that we have, we want to make sure that we start and invoke an uncomfortable conversation because uncomfortability is where you get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And so to our listeners, we just thank you every episode for being continuous supporters for it. We can always say, hey, reach out to us if you have any comments, questions, concerns you want to be on the episode. We literally will get you on here. I don't care where you're at, Japan, Tokyo, London, India, next door neighbor, the mailman, we got you. And so just not Ukraine. We we support our people in Ukraine. Yeah, we love our people in Ukraine. So you want no, nigga, you in Ukraine? Oh, Winston, yeah. So for our yeah. We're not actually talking about. Yeah, we're talking about Winston Salem, North Carolina. So <laughs> we're just going to say that. But one thing we're going to do, because I realized we forgot last episode. Cozy moments. Yeah. So to our listeners, if you are not familiar with our cozy moment, our cozy moment is where the host and our special guests that we have on the episodes just say what they've done that made them feel cozy, that made them feel warm. And the thing that we love about the word cozy, it is a different definition for everybody. And so that gives you the platform, that gives you the room to speak about what made you feel good. And we love it because it makes you think about something that's happened good in life. Even in the midst of all the negativity that's going on in the world, we want you to remember that feeling good gets you, it's the first step in the right direction to do anything good. And so if you speak good, you do good, do good, you are good. And so we're going to start off with the lovely black queen, Lena. Who's going to give us a great cozy moment? And so what's made you feel cozy lately? I know y'all know what time it is. What's made me feel cozy this week is um, I won an award on Monday, and the award was presented to me by my line sister, and she gave, like, this really long speech about, like, how much she loved me and everything in front of all these people, and I just, like, felt really appreciated in that moment, and, like, we held hands and stuff, and everybody clapped, and I got a lot of roses. Yes. Yes, I love that. Congratulations to you on your award. Mr. Miller, what you got for us? My cozy moment happened today. I was, um, eating canva by the pool and then i started reading my book that's what it's called that was it this there's not an n in it i thought it was a kava kava canva shit was <laughs> i said wait is the n silent or it was wait, is it is it invisible with the avocado yes sir and um gotta do that and then read a book by the pool and i think i'm gonna start doing that more because that jones vibes cool mr wilder um, I think my cozy moment would have had to be when I was reached out to um, by an incoming freshman who told me that um, I inspired them to come to A&T and um, asked me a bunch of questions about getting involved and being a part of SGA. And um, he's from my city. So it was really a full circle moment of just being on the other side of this college experience and realizing that it's coming to an end and you know just made me feel good that i had a positive impact on somebody that i didn't know last dance yeah that's hard never forget is finished Alrighty, my cozy moment man uh we have this bar right down the street from our apartment called freeman's and so i went to freeman's one night by myself i was like man i'm just gonna go there get a quick bite to eat and i met this older gentleman uh, and we got to talking, and he was telling me his whole life story. He was telling me about how his wife and kids went out of town, so he took his oldest daughter and the boyfriend out for drinks and to eat, and we had a good time. You know, 
it was really cool because we got to talking about politics and older white man, you know, young black kid, we have different political ideologies, but we had a civil conversation. And it was amazing because you don't see that a lot. And so we got to disagreements, but I just, it was cool to see that we can be civil with one another and enjoy food and enjoy drinks. And he bought me a couple of drinks too. So that was cool enough as it is. And so it's just kind of cozy to know that people are different, but we're also humans at the same time. We respect one another for that. And so that was really cool to have that. And so, you know, he was like, I'm his adopted son now, which is kind of weird, but I don't, I, I just kind of laughed that out when he said that. So Kevin, what you got? Man, mine's have to be last night. Uh, I got to teach my boy Nick how to sew. That boy Nick is like a creative genius. Like that dude's mind is crazy. Yeah, he, he called me. He these pants last night. Called me at midnight watching freaking Batman. Oh, yeah, about he, the he music was, video. He was yeah. in my crib when he was doing that. Yeah. yeah, man, I was trying to. Man, I still ain't get through the Batman yet. That's a long yeah, ass Nick movie. Nick Clab coming out soon. Maxwell. Uh, I say my cozy moment. Hang I'm last. I still got to think. Uh, my cozy moment. My birthday was recently, and I got a lot of love for that. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Big slime. And. Yeah, future album on the way. Future album dropping, Chaz album dropping. Yeah, do we got a date yet? We ain't got a date, but it's on the way. Dude, we don't get no <laughs> no uh, exclusive uh, update on no. That's how we Snippets, snippets. Freestyle. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for always listening to the podcast. Now we always sign off. Be blessed. Don't stress. Stay cozy. <laughs>